Welcome to the Modern Mamas Podcast. We're here to provide a safe space for open dialogue, insights, and anecdotes about empowered pregnancy, labor, delivery, parenthood, and everything in between with zero judgment and open hearts and minds. I'm Jess, a level one CrossFit trainer, a birth fit coach, and a licensed and certified athletic trainer. I have my master's degree in kinesiology, and I am currently studying to be a certified nutrition consultant. I'm the blogger behind Hold the Space Wellness, as well as a mama to two small kiddos. And I'm Laura, a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, birth fit Santa Cruz regional director, and mama to Evie Wilder. I'm also the woman behind Radical Roots, where you'll find recipes, fitness insights, travel tips, consulting, and more. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We are so happy you're here. Happy New Year, friends. We are so excited to kick off this year with another incredible giveaway, and this one is all about self-care. We've teamed up with some of our favorite companies to give away items that we've personally used for our own self-care this past year, and we cannot wait to share that love with you. The first item in the giveaway is a bottle of our favorite grass-fed organ complex from Paleo Valley to nourish from the inside out. The next one up is an entirely plastic-free Pura bottle to keep you hydrated and toxin-free that I personally have used and loved, and so have my kiddos. And then, for your reading and self-care pleasure, we're giving away a copy of the brand newly released 21 Day Sugar Detox Daily Guide by Dan Sanfilippo. And we've also teamed up with two amazing strong mamas who are putting self-love goodness into the world and empowering other mamas in the process. Cassie Joy Garcia brings you her all-access seat for three months of her next Fed and Fit project. And Miranda Shivers, incredible athlete and mama to baby Knox, is offering three free months of do-it-at-home street parking fitness programming. How sweet is all that? All you have to do is subscribe, rate, and review the Modern Mamas podcast. Take a screenshot of your review and email it to us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. It's as simple as that. Giveaway ends January 31st, so don't miss out. When you leave a review, it helps others find our tribe. We're so grateful to have you here and so excited about all that 2018 has to offer. Hello, friends. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I have a very, very special guest today that I cannot wait to introduce to you guys. I'm not biased or anything, but he's pretty much the coolest human on earth. <laughs> um, but before we do that... As per usual, I want to give you a few updates. Um, Let's see what's new. It's the new year. It's exciting. Um, Evie is magical as always. Uh, The the first week of the new year showed us some challenges in terms of sleep, specifically January 1st, 2018. (laughs) That that night was probably one of her toughest nights of sleep since uh, she was born, or maybe we're just jaded now. Um, but in any case, she woke up like every two hours and that hasn't happened. And so we, the next morning I woke up and I remember texting Jess and I was like, what do I do? Um, cause we just haven't really had to struggle with that. We've been very in tune with her. We've kind of like known, did a lot of crying in arms and this, we just kind of couldn't figure out. We didn't know what was going on. We thought maybe it was teething this, that, the other thing. And Jess said, implement naps. So we've started a pretty awesome nap routine. And I'll tell you what, it's made a huge difference since we implemented the naps. We do like a, she gets, she's up and moving about eight. Um, 
then we do a nap at 10 and we've just moved her into her crib and her crib is in our room. And so we've started just sitting with her and listening to her if she needs to cry and whatnot. And I'm planning to kind of write a whole post on this, but having some sort of structure and, or I like the word rhythm better when it comes to naps has been really, really huge for us. So about a 10 o'clock nap and then an afternoon, like two or three nap. And then she's down by six thirty-seven, Um, and now she's back to just waking up once, maybe twice a night. So that's awesome. <laughs> We're sleeping <laughs> and life feels good again. So I have so much awe and admiration for those of you out there who, um, have multiple, multiple wake ups a night and are managing that because I can't like one night of it. And I thought I was going to lose my mind. Um, the next day we were both kind of zombies and it was also like the first work week back for me. And that was intense. So anyways, that's where we're at. Um, naps are great. (laughs) And I'm also super grateful for having so many amazing friends to reach out to. If you can't tell Jess is not here this week, it's just me. And that's why I'm rambling. Um, it's just me hosting, but I've got a wonderful guest and I think it's time that we just jumped right in. So Um, I'm going to introduce now my wonderful husband, Rusty. Hi, Rusty. Hello, hello. (laughs) We're sitting here. We just had a lovely dinner. The babe is asleep. And now we're sipping on Unity Vibrations kombucha beer. Cheers. Mm, Cheers. (laughs) Clink. (laughs) That's for you guys. Um, And we have decided to... Um, Jess and I thought it'd be really fun for me to have Rusty on because I get a lot of questions via Instagram and whatnot. Um, when I post pictures of him with Evie and if you guys can't tell, he is very present. He's home a lot. I feel very, very lucky. And so I think that's kind of spurred a lot of questions from people about just his role in this whole thing. Um, from the very beginning with the pictures I've posted of me and labor, he's been there. So He's kind of like this mystery man behind the scenes because he doesn't have social media. Uh, So we're bringing him on so that he can answer your questions. So I did a call for questions, which has been really fun to see those come in. Um, But before we do that, I guess I just want to say hello. Hello. Again. And um, (laughs) what, and do you have any updates? Anything you'd like to share? This man behind the, I guess the other side of the camera. Typically he's the one taking the photos. Mm. (laughs) If it's me and Evie. Um, Truth. So yeah, how, how's your week? How's your life? How are you feeling? It's good. Good. It's good. At the at the end of the week, uh, coaching's done. I get to relax now, which is wonderful. And uh, oh yeah, I'm just chilling. Good. Tired. Yeah. It's been a long one, you guys. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I've been looking forward to this moment all week, where we can just sit here and have a drink and and relax. What was funny though, speaking of sleep, is that we. We had like put, I put her, we put her down and then we came out here and we like cooked this delicious dinner and we were about to plate and then she cried. She must've had a dream or something, but this wonderful man was able to go in there and see their back down. So that was exciting. Um, okay. I feel like maybe we should just dive in. I guess we could give a little bit about us. Um, can like background or. Yeah. So this is Rusty. He's my husband. He's also the father of our child. This is true. Um, <laughs> until proven otherwise. <laughs> He made half of her. Um, and let's see. We've been together for... We've been married for four years and a few months now. Mm-hmm. Anniversary is September. We've been together for... Over eight. Over eight. Mm-hmm. We met Thanksgiving weekend of 2009. Whoa. That's just crazy. Um, and we met at Cal Poly. I totally stalked him and ended up forcing myself into his life. Thank but God you didn't for com- that. You didn't complain. Yeah, I did not complain for one moment. <laughs> he thought I was stuck up. 
Um, <laughs> but I wasn't. And so that's, that's how that happened. And then we moved up to the Bay Area. I taught. He worked for, those of you who do CrossFit might know of NorCal CrossFit, which is now NC Fit for a while. Then we were over the fast-paced life of the Silicon Valley, and we moved to Washington for a year. A little crunchy town. Came back, found our home in Santa Cruz, and now we're here. And we had our baby, and we're happy as can be. This is a perfect, perfect setup. Yeah. Um, so we live across the street. So why don't you tell the, the lovely folks what you do for work? Mm. I am a CrossFit coach by profession. So I spend uh, all of my time coaching at CrossFit Santa Cruz, which is a, a brutal commute, a <laughs> four-minute walk from door to door. <laughs> so that works out really, really well. And then recently I just got hired on to CrossFit's kids seminar staff. So I'll be tra- traveling around with that seminar staff, teaching the kids seminars and uh, having fun about that. So I'm super excited about that. Super excited. Super excited. Maybe a little bit nervous, but that's all right. <laughs> He's um, got his first one in two weeks. A week. Uh, it's next week. weekend. Yeah. You'll be I'll leaving be a week from today. That's that's it. Um, and then outside of that, I'm just trying to be uh, present and good father. And, and succeeding, husband. I'll yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So I am, those of you, we had a number of questions about like balancing um, how we chose who was going to be home more 50-50 with the baby and with work and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And we do have the the luxury luxury of wealth of time where Mm -hmm. you're home a lot and Mm -hmm. I work from home. Um, And from the outside perspective, it might seem simple, but it's not. There's some days where it's like eight o'clock. We've just finally eaten, and we're like, I feel like we just passed a baby back and forth all day. Yeah, yeah. There's some days where Especially it literally is that. It's like, okay, uh, I gotta go, coach. You got Evie? Okay, bye. And I get back, and she's like, okay, I have to work. You take Evie? Okay. Yeah. I'll see you when I'm done. And it's back and forth. So those days do they kind of feel brutal? And yeah. We don't really get to talk until after yes. eight o'clock. And that's where bedtime has become a godsend because mm-hmm. she goes to sleep and we have time together. So. That's why we get to record this podcast tonight, which is <laughs> super fun. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's Friday night here, and we're just cutting loose. <laughs> this is this is our party. Glass of kombucha beer. Kombucha beer. We cooked up some um, incredible butcher box pork chops. Were those chops? Loins? No, chops? they're pork chops. Pork chops. Yeah. Boneless, a, boneless pork chops. So good. And shameless plug, if you guys use our link, you get $10 off your butcher box order and... Two free grass-fed ribeye steaks that are really good. They we had those tasty. earlier this week or last weekend. I can't remember, but they're super uh, delicious. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. So anyways, that's a tangent. But I feel like we should just dive into some questions because yeah, I think that'll... Let's, let's get into it. Kind of dictate this um, this route here. So I did... A, those of you who didn't see it, I did a call for questions on Instagram and we got some really good ones. I'm just going to kind of... There's no rhyme or reason to this. I'm just going to go through and read them. We're going to do kind of rapid fire here. So this kind of plays off of what we were just talking about. Um, Dancing Light Photography asks, I wonder how and why you decided to divide stay-at-home time and work time as you did. Mm. So I guess we should kind of say what we do here for that. So basically, Rusty is up at 6 a.m. And at that point, usually I'm nursing Evie again. That's when she wakes up for like her like morning nurse. So I feed her. You get ready. And he goes and coaches from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Down to 9 a.m. And I come home, have breakfast, mm-hmm. take the dogs 
for a short walk. Yeah. We got the dogs too thrown in there. Yeah. So while he's gone, I, nurse Evie usually get her back down and then like I get straight to work. So I work, I hopefully have at least a couple hours in there to just like hammer out work. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I've told you guys, I work for CrossFit HQ. That's my full-time job and I love it. Work from home. Um, and then I also have my, like the podcast and whatnot as well. So hammer out some work. He's at the gym. He comes home and then dogs, whatnot, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I usually get a workout in somewhere in there around 10. I try to get to the 10 class. Then I come home and that's now with the nap schedule, it's perfect. You're napping her. Yeah. 10 o'clock. I <laughs> Getting her, her down for a nap, which that's amazing. And then, um, and then I go work out, come home, and then it's just kind of like, and then usually go train at 12. Mm-hmm. But he is home most of the day. So on Wednesdays, you coach 10 and 12 as well. But the other days of the week, you're home for after 9. Yeah. And present and available. And it's been incredible. So It, it, it is a really sweet setup. It, yeah. I mean, it makes for a unique situation. I know most people, both partners, or at least one, has gone at work for most of the day. So mm-hmm. that's what allows us, like we said earlier, the luxury of me being able to be home so much and, and providing that much time to, to be able to share Evie for lack of a better way to put that. And, uh, it, it really does work out well. Uh, yeah, we really, yeah. we're really lucky in that. Regard. So it wasn't necessarily like, I guess in a way it was a decision because mm. we are, we always say that we're wealthy in time mm-hmm. and not as wealthy right now. Like we're, we're, I mean, we live in California, we own a condo, we're fine, but we could have made the decision to have more money and you maybe get a like a more of like a nine to five job, a job, a job, and yeah. that's a decision that we definitely like proactively took and mm-hmm. made, so that you could be more present. We wouldn't, and then there's the whole question of like, okay, so you could work nine to five, and then we'd have to pay for childcare because I work from home. That doesn't mean I can take care of Evie and work. I can't. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to either bring someone into the house or put her in childcare, and then when you do the like the analysis of what you're paying, we probably wouldn't be making that much more money because childcare is super expensive. So we'd be losing at least a very big portion of any additional money I brought in by being gone all the time. And then seeing her with you and how you're able to be super present with her. I mean, there's, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I've made the active choice of being more present father. I mean, my, my parents got divorced when I was six months old right? and, um, my, my father lived up in Oregon, so I didn't get to see him much. And then my, my stepdad was around, but he was a really tough man. Mm-hmm. Um, not a bad man, just a tough man. And I've made the conscious decision that, like, I want to be a very present father. I mm-hmm. want to be around, and I want to be that um, father that goes to things and is there for things and, and wants to be an active role player instead of just being gone 9 to 5 and then... And not just present physically, but you're very present very emotionally. Emotionally, yeah, absolutely. And... You know, I have the utmost respect for everybody who makes the choice to, to provide more financially for their family. I think that's wonderful, too. And it's, you got to do what you feel is best for your family. And mm-hmm. I just feel like this is what's been best for our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I truly think it has been thus far. Yeah, me too, 100%. Um, I, I like It's really cool to feel in the very initial weeks, and we got some questions about this, but in the initial weeks, obviously, she was mostly dependent on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you were there, you were still there and present and supporting me, bringing me water, bringing me food, holding her when I needed a break, et cetera. So, um, it's been a pretty incredible setup and something that I wouldn't trade for all the money in the world, no matter like what the financial stress is or whatever that comes like, uh, the decision we've made, I wouldn't change for anything. And so now he's on this, he's on the CrossFit Kids staff, so he's going to be traveling more on the weekends. Um, but 
he's present so much during the day. And those of you who don't know, I used to coach, I used to teach the level one. So I used to be on level one staff. And at that time you were working a full-time job mm-hmm. plus like 60 hours a week. Yeah. I was also working for CrossFit. And so, and then I was traveling on the weekends and we like never saw each other. Yeah. That was a miserable time. And, and the reality of our relationship is that we, we don't get sick of each other. Yeah. So sorry if that like disgusts you guys, but I could be around him it all the time. It just so happens we so, thoroughly enjoy we each, like each other's company, company even if we're just like sitting and hanging out. So and not talking or doing our own thing or whatever. So this is a much better setup where you're home all week, mm-hmm. and then you travel on the weekends. And and also I have such a strong like we but we have such a strong tribe here that I know that like should you be gone on the weekend, I could at any time call any friend and I've got things to do and people who will be here and take care of me and yeah. not that I need taken care of, but you know what I mean? Yeah. In the drop of a hat. So that's awesome. So it was just a pretty awesome setup. I feel very grateful. And yeah. Santa Cruz is really home to us, which is amazing. It's a rad community. Yeah. So there's that. So I guess the decision kind of fell in our lap in some capacity because we happened to find a condo across the street from CrossFit Santa Cruz, who's mm-hmm. welcomed, they welcomed us in with open arms and you were able to get a job there. And it's just kind of like been this beautiful it's really worked series out well. of events yeah. that have allowed for this to happen. And, but at the same time, we made a conscious decision to take this path. So kind of a two for one there. Okay. We're moving on. <laughs> um, here's a good one. What are the biggest things dads can learn from moms? Oh, Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- God, yeah, that's a tough question. There's so <laughs> there are so many things. I didn't tell him any of these ahead of time, so it's going to be all on the spot. <laughs> that's great, Just great. Maybe like two. Um, uh, dads can learn first just unconditional love, and and I, I don't think a dad can ever really understand the love that a mom has for her child because it, it's it's something that's so very physical. Like I can see at times Laura is, is feeling Evie in some sort of way and capacity and, uh, I'll never, I'll never be able to, to experience that, but just, uh, I, I can learn how to be as, as attentive to Evie and as present with Evie as Laura is and, uh, um, trying my own way to create a, a very special relationship with my child or children when the time comes, um, by, by observing Laura and the, the very primal relationship that she has with Evie and trying to create something of my own that's similar. Oh, I like that. Cool. You're good. should have you on more often, huh? Hmm. This is one of my favorites. Uh, Krista Steele says, stop it right now. <laughs> this is too good. She says, okay, if you could tell a first-time father to be one thing, what would it be? I like that. To be one thing. To be one thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really think it is to be present. Yeah. Like it, it is easy to get caught up in wanting to provide or wanting to fix something or, I mean, really being overwhelmed by the whole situation and kind of even checking out. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if anything, a father should be present, present for his wife and, and present for the, his child as well, trying to really understand and be in tune with what the signals are that the child is, is trying to convey. Because if you're willing to just kind of open up your heart, open up your mind and, and listen to what the kid's trying to say, they can be a pretty good communicator if, if mm-hmm. you're open to it. And um, I, I think being present is the best one because that's what it creates the most reward for being a parent thus far for me. I like that one too because even if you are a like a work away from home dad, you know, you're a nine to five or whatever, mm-hmm. 
you can being present is all relative. Like when you're home, you don't you don't need to be present physically all day long. It's just like you can you can be present in whatever capacity and whatever time you actually have at home. Absolutely, yeah. Especially especially for any parent who has to spend a lot of time away from home. Like make sure when you get home, like mm-hmm. you leave work at home, leave that shit at home. There's no space for it. Or if you have to bring it home, you wait until your kids have gone to bed. Yeah. Like I know your dad did a really good job of. Yeah. Yeah. Once he got home, it was time for the kids. He was home. And yeah. that's amazing, and that's rad. And I, I think that's how you develop really close relationships that your kids won't hold animosity once they're 20, yeah. 25, 30 years old. 100%. I think that's awesome. And I think, like, on the drive home, that's when you're processing stuff and, like, letting it go. And mm-hmm. when you get home, you're present. Yeah. In, in college, I had a professor who gave really good advice, just like, you're going to have problems at home and you're going to have problems at work. The great thing about both is you get to leave one mm-hmm. and you leave those problems there and you be present in that situation. So when you leave work, if you're having problems at home, you leave those problems at home and you be present at work. It's a break from those problems mm-hmm. and vice versa. Works. Unless you're a work at home mom. Yeah, unless you're a work at home mom. <laughs> and then you have to find a way to, to create Working some sort that. of separation. Yeah. And that's no doubt a challenge. We're going to do a whole podcast on that, I think, because that's a whole new challenge. But it's also awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um we let's see. We kind of already answered this one. How how you how do we divide workload, especially after you return to work? So me specifically, um, did that change anything? And so I'd say we kind of already answered that. I think for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's definitely challenging, especially when you started back at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's also just trying to stay in tune and anticipate what those needs might be. You know, mm-hmm. like the laundry needs to be folded at least i'm really horrible at doing the laundry but once the laundry is done <laughs> i'll be like, folding it's there i'm gonna fold it or the same thing with the dishes and the trash and all those type of things just trying to anticipate what i know is important to laura to get done and trying to take care of that and I, we talked about this in a recent episode um jess and i about the love languages quiz mm-hmm. and i think that one of the coolest things about doing that while i was pregnant is that you totally picked up on that and so, like, when I was pregnant, my, my number one was acts of service. Like, mm-hmm. I needed help, and I knew that, and I was okay admitting that. When you know me, like, two years ago, didn't really want to admit that I needed it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I could do it all. I'm good. But, um, so, like, the fact that you picked up on that stuff and really, like, put it into action has been incredible. And now it's funny. I, I talked about this as well, but both of ours are equally time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want quality time because we're, we're, it's constantly, like, just getting shit done. Um so yeah, I think that's really important is like picking up on the things that you know that I need and then me trying to pick up when I can on the things that you, that you need when my brain isn't like at max capacity. <laughs> and so as a wife to a, a husband who's home a lot and I'm like always got, I was like, I just feel like there's always something for me to do. That's something that I'm working on, but also something I so appreciate is that you really take the time to like figure out what I need before I even have to say it. And then also, guys, this is important, I think, that we communicate in that I try and tell you that, because I know sometimes I'll ask you something and you are literally about to do it, mm-hmm. and that you, you express that's hard for you. Yeah, that part is a bummer for sure. It's like, <laughs> just barely behind the curve, and like, damn it, gonna do it. literally minutes away from doing that. But then, but, so we had to communicate that, like, yeah. I'm not, it doesn't irritate me to ask you to do things. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not like, oh, why didn't he do it? I just say it. And sometimes even when I have a lot, when I'm stressed out, one of my coping mechanisms is just to ask you to do, like, mindless things that I'm like, this isn't even important, but if I can, like, take it out of my brain and put it on you, like, I need you to clean this one little corner of the bathroom when it doesn't really matter. (laughs) It's wonderful. (laughs) 
<laughs> so patience is important. <laughs> totally. Totally important. And even if he doesn't do it right away, it's just like me verbalizing that that thing needs to be done at some point just makes me feel better. Like it's one less thing on me. Yeah. So I, I think an important aspect there is like I, I don't take those moments seriously and it might sound like never attacking me it's just like hey can you get this done and it it might be that mundane thing and I'm just I know she's stressing out in those moments and although it might be irritating for a split second it's like ah it's water off the duck's back it's communication it's not a big deal yeah and I'm grateful for that because we've just we we know each other pretty well and so Mm -hmm. like you know that I'm not intending to nag and then I'm not irritated if I feel like I have to ask you something twice Mm mm-hmm and then you know, hopefully, that I'm not intentionally nagging you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like this this balance, I guess. Um, he's very patient, friends. Like, very patient. So we have that going in, in our favor. <laughs> and then we got asked what birth control we use, if mm. any. So I haven't got my period back yet. So that's not like, though, You obviously, you ovulate before you get your period. So it could be happening at any point. But we're playing Russian roulette. No, just kidding. No, we're not doing that. Um, we, Laura was on the birth, on, on, what is it? The pill. The pill. For a long time. The pill. The blah, blah, pill. Blah. She was on the pill for a long time. And that kind of contributed to her not having a period for years and years mm-hmm. and years. And, and so we're not doing that route anymore. And there's Ever something, again. yeah, no, this is not worth it. And there's something inside of me that also says, why does the woman, the wife, the girlfriend, the uh, partner for the night, why do they have to harbor the sole responsibility (laughs) of making sure that neither person creates a child that they don't want in this world? Pick the winner. Um, So that being said, um, we don't use any birth control aside from the good old fashioned pull out. Pull her out. (laughs) (laughs) And that it obviously is not the most... Kids. Yeah. If yeah. you listen to my episode with Savon on the CrossFit podcast, it's not 100% effective. <laughs> that is not 100 no, That is not 100% effective. But um, we are in a healthy, loving relationship. So if we got pregnant right now, it'd be, whew, but it, we would do it. Yeah, we'd make it happen. And I think that's most important is like we, we are in a place where uh, we would be mentally, emotionally, financially physically okay with having mm-hmm. another child but that does not mean that we're trying to have another child like we're we're trying to prevent it and yeah. between tracking ovulation when that does happen again yeah and the then also planning. like pulling out and being conscious of that uh it seems to have worked out well for us for a long time yeah and it's funny to try and like flip the script or like the headspace because for so long i was like i can't get pregnant i don't have a period mm. i'm not fertile and now it's like well Clearly, we're fertile. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> once we actually started trying for so Evie, it took like three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we that's that's just what we do. Um, there are a bunch of options out there. Obviously, I mean, you're all yeah. adults; you can go and <laughs> research that yourself. Um, but uh, that's what we have chosen to do. Yeah, and it accepting works. those risks. So far, yeah. it works. Knock Absolutely. on wood. And then I hope that it, like you know, as soon as we stop doing that, then also that works. So uh, we do want two. We do. I, two and a half. No, just two. Two and one eight. <laughs> We're we pretty have, much set on two. We have two, two dogs. We're good. Two, two dogs, dogs two plus kids. two children. And we're both pretty convinced number two is going to be a girl. So oh, those yeah. of you listening now, if you're listening again in mm, two years, uh, let, we'll see what happens. Okay. What is one thing you want to tell me but don't that you admire about my parenting? 
Or I guess that you haven't, not that you don't, but this person said that. Mm. What do you admire about my parenting? Hmm. And then she finished, and then vice versa. So I'm going to say the same to you. And then okay. she, I love that she said, I know you two have great communication, but sleep deprivation and busy days can go without compliments or admiration, which I think that was sweet totally. that she asked this question with yeah. the thought of like, we're relatively new parents and yeah. we might not have said this to each other today. Totally. Well, like with, with that finishing statement, much appreciated to like acknowledge that. But uh, first I want to say like, we both make it a very top priority to show appreciation for one yeah. another. I don't think a day goes by. Honestly, I'm not just yeah. like. Like, we like literally we make it smoke. a daily habit to, mm-hmm. to do that um, to to show appreciation for one another and simple thank you for sim- for difference. simple things. Yeah. Um, what I admire most about her as a parent is uh, God the, the way she looks at Evie sometimes mm-hmm. is so much fun just just to observe as a as a third party just watching that happen <laughs> it's so fun. Where it's did super, all this love come from? It's super exciting to watch. Um, when it comes to parenting style, she has a whole bunch of patience for for Evie. Also, then, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think that sometimes, like when Evie's crying, like I, I don't think I have as much. It depends on the time of day, but I think sometimes I don't have as high of a threshold for for her crying mm-hmm. as you might. And and I respect like the patience that you have. Like like last night was a mm-hmm. great example of that. Like you sat with her in the middle of the night for a half an hour, and she's crying. And like I got out of bed, and I was like, I like. Try to come in and fix it. <laughs> yeah, she's I, she's still crying. I can't. This is too much. And you're just like, no, it's fine. I got it. And I'm like, good, get on you. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so I, I have a huge amount of respect for that. Yeah, and I guess like just because it's fresh in my mind, that same exact experience. I feel like a lot of times it'd be easier for you to have just stayed in bed mm. and been like, she's got it. But. I don't think it's that you don't have a tolerance. I think that it's you care so much that you want to like you want you want to fix it not just so you can sleep, but mm. because you're concerned because the people you love most, <clears throat> excuse me, the people you have, love most in the world are in the other room. One not of them is crying, <laughs> and the other one is h- handling the crying. Yeah. So you got out of bed and you came in, and the look on your face was not like, "Hey, can you cut it out?" It was like, "Hey, how can I help?" Mm-hmm. So you're constantly always, like even in the early days when there was, you know, we talk about this, how there's not a lot you can do as a, there's a lot you can do, but not a lot you can do like specifically physically with the kid. Yes. But you were always there to help in whatever capacity you could. Mm -hmm. You never were like, nah, she's got it. It was always like, how can I help? So I really appreciate that. And then, and then seeing you now, like you guys, this kid lights up more for her dad than anyone else on the planet right now. It's only because she likes to pull on my beard. <laughs> and your ears. <laughs> my ears. Oh, my God. She tugs on my ears so much. And she's got this, like, I think with teething, opening her mouth really wide makes her mouth feel better. So her this, like, gummy smile is out of control. And the smile she gives him is magic. So there's that. I love you. I <laughs> just want to kiss you right now. Um, okay, that was really sweet. Um, Fast Mouth says, does he want to take babies out for a walk and grab a beer sometime? Let's do it. Yeah, we're not to message him and set that up. <laughs> I don't know where you live. but uh, Short answer, yes. Sure. <laughs> um, how can a working mama empower a working dad and her partner? Specifically, I feel like I want 50-50 at home, but tend to want or expect his 50% done my way. Hmm. So I feel like that hinders his confidence and makes him shut down. Absolutely. So me, like for instance, if I were to want 
the fi- your 50% done the way that I'd want it done yeah. instead of letting you have free reign, which I imagine I, happens sometimes. I would say you as a mama need to trust your judgment as a wife. You chose your husband. Mm. Tr- trust your own judgment. I like, like it, that a lot. And more importantly, like you have to give him the opportunity to be a father. Otherwise, he's never going to pick up that role and he's never going to accept that role. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't... I don't know what it would feel like to have to be able to let go of of the reins, um, but I really think like trust is a big part of it. it. If you aren't familiar with or agree with his parenting style, I mean that's a that's an important conversation that needs to be had and hashed out in in, in a safe environment for you both, and mm-hmm. to kind of come to some sort of mutual agreement like this is how we're going to handle the parenting style, and it doesn't have to be one where or the other way like there are multiple right ways to do things just as long as you guys are on the same page about that and we have constant conversations we We have for years for years for years and years and years i mean kids got brought up on our very first date and at the time let me tell you i said oh no i'm not having kids i'm not getting married i'm going to work in las vegas at a large casino look what i did (laughs) just kidding he did this his he changed his tune Um, on his own yeah yeah but I, i would say like trust trust in your own judgment try and Give him the opportunity to father, because uh, obviously a father plays in a huge, enormous role and responsibility. You're not and, babysitters. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're fucking dad. Let him, let him grab onto those reins and and play that role and and uh, trust that he'll do it right. Mm-hmm. And then if he does something that you don't necessarily agree with, hold on to it. Let yourself simmer back back down from it, and then bring it up. Like I said, in a safe environment, so it's not an attack. It's a it's a conversation. And ideally and not in front of the kid. Yeah. yeah. Because then it's like good cop, bad cop, or you're undermining dad. And yeah. he's like almost like put down on the lower level or whatever. Like yeah. being scolded. That's a really, really good answer. Bravo. Hopefully I haven't done that to you. No. No. No, you haven't. And, uh, and kudos to you because I feel like that could be really hard. Well, it kind of goes back to the primal thing as a mom. Yeah, you're like, really. ah, done my way. But I think the the thing is that we talked so much about it beforehand mm-hmm. that I know that like what if you were alone all day with Evie, if you had my boobs, um, and you could do that, <laughs> still hasn't taken a bottle. Um, I would feel 100 percent confident, like no concerns there. So yeah. cool. Um, changing direction here a little bit. Here's one for you. Why um, are certain men so hesitant to communicate about sex? I think it has to do with the level of maturity. Oh, God. You know, there could be so many reasons. There could be so many reasons. I'm not even about to tackle that. I mean... It's hard for you to speak to for those men because... Or for those men. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure all of us have our reservations about about it. But yeah, we talk about sex and try to keep an open mind to it because I recognize the importance of being able to talk about sex being a huge part of a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. and having a healthy marriage is really important to me. Um, yeah, gosh, I don't, I don't know how you handle that. I mean, keep trying to bring, bring, yeah, chip, chip, chip away without nagging or, um, just creating opportunities where that person can talk about it without judgment or reproach or anything like that. Um, but I, who knows? Who knows? I mean, That's the worst case scenario, like they could have had some sort of sexual assault yeah. happen to them in the past. Doesn't and just like, happen to women. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, there could be any number of reasons. And I think just trying to show compassion and, and God at the utmost patience is a, 
is uh, most important. Mm-hmm. Maybe starting with like compliments, like, hey, that was really good. Or, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, you know. That's a good idea. <laughs> Just to open the dialogue. Stroke, um, stroke, stroke his confidence. The ego a little, yeah. Can't Liter- hurt. Literally. In yeah. And more ways than one. <laughs> if, once you, if you're doing it, that probably helps to talk about it. <laughs> okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, oh, this is a good one. Did you or do you think about anything in the preconception stage to prepare? Were you specifically avoiding or getting certain foods, supplements, avoiding alcohol around the time you were trying to conceive? Uh, I w- our fitness and health level, my fitness and health level has always been a huge part of our lives. I mean, h- hence the uh, direction that we've taken our professional careers. Mm-hmm. So training has always been a huge, a huge part of it. And like before, before we conceived, I just caught and gotten off of knee surgery. So like diet played into it, you know, I was just following the CrossFit's prescription of zone, the zone diet. And that was working out really full with real food, with real food. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. With real food. Um, but I was, I was not quote unquote paleo. (laughs) No (laughs) dog went here. Yeah. (laughs) I like white rice. Um, but then, like, consistently training, trying to eat real good, clean foods, just like Laura talks about all the time, um, it works out really well that I happen to live with <laughs> a, a woman who values high-quality food and obsesses, uh, over. obsesses over it. <laughs> and um, supplementation, no, not really, outside of, like, whey protein and collagen. Uh, but I... I I find the concept and idea and the science of epigenetics to be absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so, like, long before we were ready to have Evie, like, those thoughts were going through my mind. Like, what type of child could we be setting up if I'm either a lump on a log or trying to attain my genetic potential? Um, and so that's what I'm, like, always leaning more towards, to trying to find my genetic potential. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to Zombie set my kids apocalypse. up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying to set my kids up for the the best possible genes that I can provide for them. Um, so I think just being physically active in any shape or form and uh, trying to eat good, clean, quality foods is the best thing you could possibly do when it mm-hmm. comes to preparing to conceive of a child. Yeah, I love it. Simple, really. Conceive of a child. Conceive. Conceive a child. of a child. <laughs> um. This is fun. At what point in our relationship did you feel that I could see, respect, and love and accept your, you on a soul level and then you for me? So at, let me I'm just read in her own words. Mm. At what point in, in your relationship did you feel that Laura could see, respect, love, and accept you on a soul level? I guess like, so when did I, when did I accept love and respect your soul? I don't, when did you know? When did, when did I... I don't know if I could speak to that in a sense. Like there was never this epiphany moment of like, oh yeah, she accepts me for who, for who I am and is going to be my, you know, like my soul partner. But I can say on our very first date Mm. after our first kiss instantly, I was like, oh yes, I'm marrying this woman. I didn't kiss him. I didn't put out on the first date. Kiss? We did, we oh, did no, coffee no. Yeah, like right. four no, our, times. Our we first, got a drink. Our first movie, okay. I'm just kidding. There's nothing yeah. wrong with putting out on the first date. Yeah. I just, we our took first, it very slow. First, yeah, we did. We took it slow, which I thought was awesome. Um, but it was that our first kiss is like walking away after our first kiss. is like, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is the one we're going to marry. I vividly remember telling friends that I work with the next day, like, I am going to marry Goosebumps. Laura. I think what's weird about, what's interesting about this question is that like, 
never did we not. So yeah. there was never like an epiphany, like all of a sudden, oh, I, I, oh, like I accept your soul. I love mm-hmm. you for like on a deeper level. It was like from the beginning, I think we connected in that way. To, I, not I, to get yeah, super mushy or whatever, yeah, I but don't, I don't, I don't know if you could call it love at first sight because, like, I, I don't think I could say for me it was love at first sight. I saw her for the first time. I was like, oh my god, like this is this no. You is thought it was one. a bitch. Yeah, I, I had some <laughs> preconceived notions of what I thought you were, and those were absolutely completely wrong. Um, but the moment that you first introduced yourself, when I actually started talking, I was like, oh my gosh, this chick is really cool. Yeah, I was totally wrong. I'm going to ask her out on a date. And so, you know, I asked you out on a date on that first date. I was like, wow, she's super awesome and amazing. I'm going to keep asking her out on dates because I like her a lot. And just like there was instantly some sort of connection going on. And then, like I said, after four, three or four or five dates or whatever it was, like that first kiss, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and there it is. And there it is. And I walked in the house. My roommates were like, what just happened? Because I was literally like floating. I don't think my feet were touching the ground. It was very special. Yeah. Um, it was obvious. It was very obvious. Mm-hmm. I, don't, like, I, I, I don't know if I could pin it down to one exact moment as to, yes, I accept her soul and she accepts mine. But it was it was pretty obvious and clear in my mind that there was no shadow of a doubt. Yeah. That's something special. Pretty cool. Okay. Um, this person says, I'm super excited for this episode and so is my husband. We are hoping to get pregnant this year and my husband wants to know if there's anything he should be doing to get his body ready for conception. We kind of already talked about that mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Did you take any supplements or make any dietary changes? So no, not really. Not really, yeah. You kind of had it in the back of your mind early on that this is, that you knew, but like we don't take care of ourselves to create a healthy human. We take care of ourselves because we want to take care of ourselves. So it yes. wasn't like nothing like all of a sudden there was no flip that switched. Of course, like my preconception journey, which we did an episode on, was long and relatively arduous. But like I look back now and I was trying to get my period back, yes, to conceive, but also because by the end of it, I realized like that's what I needed to do to be healthy for myself. Mm. And this yeah. kind of brings up the question of taking care of yourself first so you can be a healthy capable parent to the kid Mm -hmm. yeah and like if thinking that you're gonna have you know like this kid is what lights that fire sparks that idea of like i'm i'm i want to get myself prepared and physically ready to have a kid like whatever that catalyst is i don't think it matters as long as it ultimately boils back down to like ultimately i'm doing this for myself Mm -hmm. because that's going to be what lasts lasts the longest like we laura and i always talk about how we have you have to take care of yourself first if you're going to be any service to anybody else in this world Mm -hmm. like you have to make yourself come first doesn't doesn't mean you're a selfish dick it just means you (laughs) need to take care of yourself um and it spiritually mentally emotionally physically like all of those things need to take suit and if if trying to prepare yourself to have a child or conceive a child is the catalyst for that i think that's absolutely awesome and then start bringing it back to this is for me too i love that and like because if you if you just take care of yourself with the intention of conceiving a healthy baby then it becomes very easy to like oh she's knocked up i'm gonna kind of let everything slide yeah now let's get that dad bod going <laughs> yeah <laughs> which whatever you want to hold some extra like you know that stuff happens i get it maybe some sympathy weight during pregnancy happens oh, <laughs> i had cookies and milk almost every night so i wasn't cooking i had pretty much every food aversion so especially in the beginning it was like pasta with butter uh cookies and milk cookies and milk for me not for you pa- no hell no <laughs> pasta and butter <laughs> eggs and toast <laughs> I don't think we ate a vegetable for 12 weeks. That was amazing. <laughs> but 
then baby's here, we're healthy, we're everything's great. Like and you didn't like let yourself go. It was like good quality, but just not. Um, yeah, and I was still training. Yeah, training really hard because again we live across the street. So, yeah, I guess my concern would be like don't you don't just want to get healthy for conception, but you want to remain healthy and take care of yourself so you can take better care of your family. So you can still poop when you're 90 years old without yes. help. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, I would love to get his advice on what I should do if my husband does not feel comfortable having sex anymore because he is scared he will hurt the baby. She's seven months pregnant. He says he knows it is perfectly safe, but feels uncomfortable because he can feel him move now and it kind of freaks him out. (laughs) My husband is really sweet about it and that I don't want, um, she doesn't want to dismiss his feelings, but she is like curious as to your thoughts. My my thoughts are, dude, like have sex with your wife. Like you're, it's gonna you're, be a while. It's get, after it, this after, baby after a while, it's gonna be a while for sure. And the sex is fantastic while your wife is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, find a position where you don't have to bear hug your your child. I guess is the best thing. I don't know. We we did it laying on our sides from behind, and that was awesome. So good. <laughs> um, so I, I would say experiment around with it, and maybe it doesn't have to be penetration. There's other ways to show intimacy physically um, that are just as fun. And it, yeah, I mean, it's an important part. And if mom if mama wants it, you get it. M- mama should have it. <laughs> like she should get it. It's an easy thing for you to give, and it's fun. Yes. So. You're you're not harming your child. You're not affecting your child in any sort of emotional or mental way. Like mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on at all. So like, uh, talk it out. I guess. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let him know. know your needs, Mama. I mean, like I remember vividly. I had some very real needs. <laughs> I would wake Rusty up in the middle of the night. And, you know, so, um, you need to be taken care of. And then I just can, I guess communication, yeah. like really talking about what is he actually, like, what is he actually, what's really bothering him? Yeah. Maybe dig a little deeper. Um, I, I mean, I think it's wonderful that you're trying to respect his feelings. I think that's really yeah, cool. It's very sweet. Uh, signs of a healthy relationship right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there's more talking that should be had because like, that's obviously it's a, it's something that you're wanting and. Mm-hmm. It's an important part of both of yours healthy relationship. Yeah, so I'm curious to know too if it's like if it's if it's like face to face, like he doesn't want his body up against your belly because the kid's moving in there. I or, could I could sympathize with that. Yeah, we did. A, you were behind me a lot, and that yeah. that I mean, or next to me, whatever. Uh, there's lots of different ways, lots of things you can do. That's yes. a great question. Yeah, and I think that you and I are very open about the sex topic because I know I find it irritating that it's so taboo. Mm-hmm. In society, because everyone should be having sex, then I think their world would be a happier place. <laughs> <laughs> Protected sex. We Protected don't need, sex. We don't need too many people in this world. No. Okay. Um, as a new dad, what things intimidated you the most? Or did that new role come very natural to you? Uh, so I have a couple thoughts on this. So I think the one thing that intimidated me well before Evie came the one thing that terrified me was lack of sleep because I oh, do yeah. not God, I, I do not do well on lack of sleep mm-hmm. I, I I really turn into an unpleasant person to be she around she shows I us don't, well then huh? oh yeah sleeps. thank God she's a good sleeper <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I was most terrified about that because you do hear the stories and I have so much sympathy for those parents who do have a child who has a hard time sleeping like you guys are amazing because that's mm-hmm. that's gnarly um, so that was my hugest, my hugest tear 
but you know, every parent that I talk to, every father that I talk to, is just like it's it's it becomes your new normal. Mm-hmm. It's just something you do. You answer the call, and there's never like there's never any doubt. Once it happens, once you're in your situation in this situation, there's never any doubt that you will answer that call. And that was that was comforting to me. But like, okay, cool. Like, I, yeah, I get it. I'm gonna have this kid. It's my kid. Like, I I will take care of it. I'm not gonna not do that. Um, so that was comforting to me. And then, like, once Evie was actually in this world, I vividly remember the first time her diaper had to be changed, and I'd never changed a diaper in my life. And I was just, th- I was just like, "Hi, here we go. I'm gonna do I'm it. I'm gonna cry." And <laughs> Laura's mom was just hovering right over. It just, it just so happened Laura's mom was in the delivery room, or it was after the fact. The next day, um, yeah. But uh, Lisa was super patient, and I like to think I didn't do so bad of a job. You did a kick-ass yeah, job. Yeah, did all right. Um, now, can you imagine, like, how many diapers have we changed? Yeah. <laughs> Pro. Yeah. Except um, for the one time you didn't put one on. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You just one night. I haven't we, told anyone about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Laura usually puts on Evie's uh, pajamas and puts her in a sleep sack, and, and then uh, we go in. We go for story time and reading and stuff like that, which is more for our benefit right now, but it's still We're awesome. We're reading The Hobbit. Rusty reads The Hobbit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so one night, I took Evie after the bath. And went in to her nursery to put on her her <laughs> to put on her pajamas and her sleeping sack and stuff. For whatever reason, I did not put a diaper on her. I think we had gotten in the rhythm where I was doing you I was doing the, lotion and yeah. like like a little baby massage that's, and diaper. That's what it was. And then, and then I was putting on the pajamas. And then one night I just took it all over <laughs> and skipped the whole diaper. Thing. I swear we're sleeping. <laughs> oh my God. And in the middle of the night, Lori goes to change her. She's like, she's soaking wet. I was so confused. I was so confused. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a dad fail moment. Amazing. Sure. We'll remember that forever. <laughs> so good. Anyways, I don't even know where we were going. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I lost what track. What was the question? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Did it come natural? So, yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah, it totally came natural. Oh, that's that's what I want to say. So I think a huge part of what made me have such a strong connection with Evie right off the bat, even oh, yeah. though I felt, quote unquote, like worth, worthless in a sense of yeah. like, as a father, I can't do much for this child I outside of changing his diaper. Anyways. Um, but anyways, I think what really helped me is I had the opportunity to deliver Evie, like at the hospital. We wanted that to happen, and the hospital was cool with it. Thank goodness. Um, otherwise, midwife. we would have had. Yeah, she's an amazing midwife, and I was able to deliver Evie. Like I was the first one to touch Evie in this world, and I chose to do it without gloves. Do what you want. I wash my hands beforehand, obviously, but I chose to do it without gloves, and it was. She touched like her skin touched my skin. That was the first thing she ever touched in this world, and I think that had a huge profound impact on me in my relationship with Evie. And I, th- I think any father who has the opportunity to deliver their child, like take it. Cause I promise you, you won't regret it. Mm-hmm. And like going into delivery, I wasn't sure how I was going to react to like seeing, seeing Laura physically in that state, you know? So, um, it was my plan to deliver, but at the same time, like you don't know how you're going to react to seeing your best friend slash life partner going through something that's so, physically traumatic um and so like when the delivery first started i I was focused more on laura and the moment 
that they said that the Eevee was crowned. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna, uh, I want to see, but I'm out. also going to take a peek just to kind of see how I handle it. And it was like the moment I even saw the slightest bit of the top of Eevee's head, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely catching this girl, and I cannot wait to meet her. And it was like instant tears in my eyes for sure. Like, it was so sweet. Yeah, so... I and think, then him, having you be the one to hand like put her on me it was yeah. just like it was magic it was in that amazing. moment and yeah, I was absolutely. like is, is she Evie and then he said yes and then your tear dropped in my yeah. face and then it was just like pretty incredible yeah so yeah. it's a good way to start things off mm-hmm. yeah, and then I, also I, you being I feel like you being so so engaged and such a huge part of the the labor mm-hmm. I mean that for me was like oh he's got this yeah oh yeah it was a, the whole thing about it was an amazing moment um I thoroughly think that me going through, like, actually delivering Evie and then giving her to Laura, I think that really helped prevent any sort of, um, um, what do they call it when, like, you get depressed? Postpartum depression. Yeah, postpartum depression. Like, which happens father, to Which happens, man, happens to man, fathers, man, too. Like, I, too. I, I think it could be really easy to happen to a father, especially if that father doesn't feel like they were a part of they didn't play any role in that entire process. Like I think yeah. that it'd be easy for a father to fall into some postpartum depression. Um, so I think creating that instant relationship with Evie in that moment has helped me feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm a part of everything that's going on here. Like it's not just mom and baby, like it's mom, baby. And I'm, I'm also a part of it too. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a really good, good tool to be preventative and, and create that, super strong bond and relationship from the get-go so magical i love it okay these are our last two from a couple husband asks what are some things you did during the pregnancy to support me through all of my physical changes Mm. because you definitely made me helped me feel beautiful the whole time yeah like i never felt like uncomfortable in my skin or yeah like i in all honesty you did look beautiful Um, and I, and think I know it's you're in, honest cause I, yeah. I can, I can tell bullshit. And yeah. Well, and, and even dad or husbands, even if, if you don't feel that way, you just fucking keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> you bottle that up and you don't say a goddamn thing about it except for she's absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. because she's carrying your child and she's doing something that we will never be able to fucking do in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so gnarly and so intense and so amazing. Like the very least you could do is just say you are absolutely gorgeous and she could be wearing pajamas that are stained and her hair's all fucking crazy. Like, no, you're still you're still beautiful because you're my wife and you have my baby. Mm. And that's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And have sex. And have sex, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, some physical physical appreciation. Yeah. That's a right, good Did we answer that time. question? Yeah. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, how have you helped Laura and Evie through the first months as Evie was mostly reliant on my boobs? Mm-hmm. And me in general. Yeah. Oh, I think it was making sure that Laura had all of the food that she needed. Mm, food, water, water, like crazy water all the time. Like I felt like in those few months, was every five minutes I was filling up the water bottle. And you guys, um, just a little side note. Rusty was super excited when I was in like my final month of pregnancy and he bought this. Was it, is it a Hydro Flask? It's a, yeah, it's like a 45 ounce Hydro Flask. Like this really nice one, right? With like the flip top, the, like the, the straw pops up. And the moment I went into labor, since the moment I went into labor, that water bottle has been mine. (laughs) (laughs) I commandeered it and he fills it for me. (laughs) And it's great because I cannot even express how thirsty I am all the time. Yeah. Um, So like little things like that, cooking the meals, like taking care of laundry, taking care of the dishes, 
You made me um, a lot of cookies. Doing doing the home quote unquote homemaker jobs like that that becomes your job. Yep. And then any opportunity I had to maintain that relationship with Evie, like changing Evie's diaper any chance I could, because it's a fun it's it's a fun moment. Um. Because it's just you and your kid, son or daughter, whoever it may be, and you can, like... It's cold. Yeah, like, yeah. You make it fun. I mean, obviously, when they're newborns, they don't really know what's going on, but, like, you they still have a moment while to... You're changing yeah, them. They have a, you have a moment to create a connection, at least for yourself, mm-hmm. and and I think taking those opportunities, like, yeah, I'm going to change the diaper, because I want this kid to be totally familiar and comfortable with me, mm-hmm. so that when Laura does hand Evie to me, Evie isn't just crying, like, wondering who this foreign object is, like... She knows my smell and she knows who I am and she's comfortable with that. Um, and that paid off, right? Because oh, yeah. our kid has a little bit of stranger danger. Mm-hmm. Like, or at least she's just, She is know. skeptical she's very, of very new people. very, very aware. And I think, so she gets a little freaked out when, when there's a lot of people around or people like come in her face. But mm-hmm. I can like pretty, pretty vividly remember when she all of a sudden, I don't know if you can remember like a moment, but I remember when it's all of a sudden like she knew you apart from anybody else in the world, like you are her dad. Mm-hmm. And so, and even in those early days we'd go out and like, I could, I could, if I were to try and like hand it to my mom, she would probably have flipped out. But if I handed her to you, she's like totally at peace. Mm-hmm. And so I think starting that stuff early on, like played a big role in that by two, three months at three months, I went and taught at the birth fit yeah. professional seminar and yeah. she was with you almost all day mm-hmm. and was super content. Yeah, so I thought and- that was pretty cool. And I was willing to try and get Evie to nap on me too, like in those moments where it's like she's not eating anymore, she's just going to be sleeping. Like I would take my shirt off, yeah. and just and luckily it was the summertime, so we could do that. The weather was beautiful. I'd just do skin to skin so and let much. Evie fall asleep on my chest, which is another really good way to create that relationship that makes you go, "Oh, this is my baby." Yeah, um, and self, we were selfish, and that like we when people would come and visit and want to be at the house and whatnot, like. She was always with one of us. Maybe that's why she had stranger danger. But I yeah. feel like if I wasn't nursing her, I would have preferred that she be on your chest than being passed around mm-hmm. because I wanted her to be able to build that. And you felt the same way. Yeah, like, yeah. And we had no problems being like, all right, we're ready to take her back. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That probably helped you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> whoops. Um, no, no, no whoops. I take, I wouldn't change that for anything. I think it's been no, great. And now she's, she you know, she's, she she's six plus months and. She's my mom comes over the hill and takes spends time Evie, with her. Yeah, Evie knows who your and mom is. And now she knows who my mom is and so it's just I don't know. I think yeah. He was incredibly supportive. Um from and also emotionally, like so we've talked a lot about aware parenting on this podcast and I remember like maybe a month ago, I was just having a tough day. Like I was feeling overwhelmed with work and life and everything. And I had been I forget, but I had Evie in the room and like she had cried at like cried in my arms for a little while and then was super content and I was nursing her and I all of a sudden just started crying mm-hmm. and I and you came you sat next to me and you just like kind of rubbed my head and you said it's okay to cry and like I'll never forget that because you didn't ask me what was wrong because you knew that I wouldn't have been able to verbalize it mm-hmm. and you knew that's not what I needed in that moment I needed you just to tell me it was okay to cry yeah so I think in multiple times you've been there for me in that capacity when I've just felt really overwhelmed like not being like what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong and not trying to fix like what's wrong but just supporting me through that mm-hmm. so I think that has been imperative as well yeah like I mean it, it has been pretty much smooth sailing for us from the beginning mm-hmm. since Evie first was conceived but I mean even still with it being e- easy, like this shit's intense. Mm-hmm. And so Everything like both, and both, both partners are going to have days where it's like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening to me? So like trying to be, be ready to, to play the support role in those times to be like, yeah, it is okay. If you need to cry, 
you cry. If you need to go outside and punch a punching bag, you go do that. Do get, like get get your emotions out. And also, you supported me by wearing her while you coached, or just being with her, so that I could go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I remember in the early days when it was just like I all I want to do right now is go roam the grocery store aisles. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you, like we we need groceries, and you knew instead of offering to go, you knew that what I needed was to be the one to go mm-hmm. alone. So little things like that, I think just being super in tune with my needs, yeah, um, yeah. trying to pick up on it before I even knew <laughs> sometimes like, Hey, do you think we need the, we need some soap? <laughs> you should go get some soap. <laughs> um, so yeah, pretty incredible. Um, that was the last question. Do you have any, any other thoughts? I mean, we're still learning guys. Like, you know, we tell you, we share all this stuff. No, no, and- no. Our, our information is definitive. <laughs> It is, it is the only way six months in and we are pros, (laughs) but I do feel like I feel grateful for the fact that we have been communicating about this for a long time and that a lot of our really dear friends have kids and we've Mm -hmm. had a lot of, we've had a chance to learn a lot and prepare for this. Um, we're going to fuck up as we go through, no doubt, but we're also okay with that. And I think we have, we give each other grace. We give ourselves grace. And I think that's, what's most important. And hopefully Mm -hmm. the kid gives us grace too. Um, so yeah, that's where we'll leave it. And I'm looking forward to having this guy back on in maybe six months and we'll see what happens when we have a one-year-old. Oh God. <laughs> we should do like a, an EV special birthday where you and I come on. <laughs> maybe she'll have like a word or two and she can <laughs> chime in. I swear she's going to talk before she does anything else. But, um, yeah, that's all for now. Last words, parting words, thoughts, words of wisdom. You've already given a lot of those. No, I've got nothing. Okay. I've, this is a lot of talking for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the talker. I mean, he likes to talk, but this is this is a lot. So um, as usual, you can always reach out to us at um, modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at laura.radicalroots on Instagram. You can find Jess at jess.holdthespace. Find the show notes for this episode and all episodes at on either of our websites, actually, um, just type in our website slash podcast and that's it for this week. Don't forget to enter our giveaway. We're so grateful for you guys and we hope you loved this podcast. If you loved it, if you love this episode, then please make sure you subscribe, subscribe, rate and review. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, Jess here. Just wanted to give you the heads up on a great deal that we don't want you to miss out on. Laura and I have recently teamed up with our friends at ButcherBox to bring you an amazing offer on premium grass-fed, hormone, and antibiotic-free meats delivered right to your door. We've absolutely been loving the opportunity to put together our own custom boxes of the highest quality beef, pork, and chicken. And we definitely don't want you guys to miss out on the chance to try it too. Right now, if you visit butcherbox.com forward slash modern mamas, you get the chance to get $10 off of your first box plus two free 10-ounce grass-fed ribeyes. You definitely don't want to miss out on this deal, friends, so get on it.